Hello and welcome to the Simply Podcast. I'm Aish, Content and Community Manager at Simply. And I'm Patrick, Content and Comms Director at Simply. Aish, who have we got with us today? Today we're speaking to Melissa Seder and Mark Feeks from the Fitch Group. Melissa is the Managing Director of Employee Comms and Mark is the Director of Employee Comms. And today we're discussing Fitch Group's award-winning pandemic comms campaign. What has changed since then? And we dive into what they're doing in terms of mental health initiatives and other exciting projects behind the scenes at Fitch Group. Well, let's get started then. Hi, Mark and Melissa, and welcome to the Simply Podcast. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourselves, please, and what you do at the Fitch Group? Yeah, I'll start. So my name is Melissa Sater. I am the Managing Director of Employee Communications at Fitch Group. Um, We are a team of seven people. I'm based in New York City. I have a couple of employees, including Mark, in London, uh, one person in Singapore, one in Chicago, and two who sit with me in New York. And we cover employee communications for the whole company, which is about 5,000 employees in 30 different countries. Hey, I'm, I'm Mark Feeks. So I work, I've uh, been at Fitch for five years. I predominantly look after Fitch Solutions, which is our commercial business. Um, I also look after a lot of um, HR communications and initiatives. Uh, one part of that is um, health and well-being uh, strategy at Fitch, and that's a, a group-wide initiative. Cool. I think we're going to touch on the well-being strategy later. Thanks both. Um, Melissa, uh, yeah, here we go. Here's a, here's a depth into the archives. Uh, so you have an internet producer and program manager for, I mean, internet in 1998. Wow, that must have been a, diff- a different world. But anyway, you're an internet and program manager for IBM in 1998. So what was that like and how has the tech changed over the years? Well, first of all, I was in that job when I was about five years old. So, you know, I was a child technology prodigy. Of course, I am absolutely joking there. Um, but what I will say is uh, recently I was thinking back to that time in technology and how employees were used to working. And one of my first projects at IBM was to teach employees how to use an instant messaging client to communicate with each other because they were not used to to doing that. They had been using a mainframe-based green screen messaging tool, and email was still very new, and the thought of an instant messenger was pretty revolutionary. So as I think about the type of work I've done since then, just to reflect on having spent a period of time teaching people how to use a tool that now is just part of everyday life is kind of makes me think about how far we've come. Yeah, amazing. You just said that even email was a novel idea in 1998. Um, Mark, what were you doing in 1998? What was I doing? Uh, so I was doing my, doing my A-levels, actually, at that point. Yeah, so second year of, of my A-levels at that point. So, yeah, looking ahead towards uni, I think, at that stage. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, back in the day, you were a press officer. Why internal comms? So, yeah, I was a press officer. I'd worked um, for a company where I was a, a copywriter for about a year and at the same time kind of public affairs assistant, which you don't really hear that much about now. But that team was a public affairs team that had external and internal comms and public affairs all as, as a as a kind of small team in the insurance sector. But I, yeah, I, I did enjoy the press officer role. And I think there's a lot of crossover in terms of in internal comms, you know, the, the skill sets and having to know how to sort of write engaging copy and, and try to kind of 
and develop relationships in, in the business. But I did the press officer bit purely for two years, then started doing more and more on the internal comm side and actually sort of became a 50-50 split in that role. Uh, and then I left that company um, to move into a, a pure internal comms role because I just found it much more rewarding, actually more challenging as well. Um, and from that, that sort of probably about 12 years in now into kind of pure um, sort of employee communications, internal communications role. But yeah, the driver was just, um, I think it's more challenging, but definitely more rewarding. Yeah, you say with the rewarding aspect, Mark, because uh, yeah, it's much nicer trying to try and engage your people rather than some pesky journalists. So, uh, so I fully, fully understand and appreciate where you're coming with that as well. Um, simply as last year, obviously that was the first and um, our, our first inaugural um, uh, awards program, and we only did best pandemic com communications for that year only, uh, for obvious reasons. We're coming out of it now, and Fitch Group won it. Um, and uh, without giving away the judges, um, there were some of our heavyweights who, who, who were part of that panel as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, amazing stuff. Um, can you talk us through, through, through communication throughout the pandemic, what you did differently, how you got to engage your people at some of the more critical times? Can you just kind of give us a, a whistle stop tour? I know it's, it was a two year programme, but yeah, uh, what, what, what you did to, um, to really make a difference in your organisation. Okay, I can make a start with with what I think the biggest thing when the pandemic was unfolding. I think for us as well, because we we're in so many different regions and it was unfolding in APAC, you know, very quickly, somewhere that we were. So it's kind of staying close to what was happening there. It's also working really closely with our kind of risk teams, HR, all of those key stakeholders. But I think a big one was technology at the start. We hadn't really had like working from home, hybrid working wasn't a massive part of the culture at Fitch, so I mean, that was a big thing for us at the start, making sure everyone was equipped actually to to physically be able to work from home. So that, that was a big thing um, at the start. And just um, I think after that, it was obviously, you know, the work, everyone was busy and the work was was kind of getting done. But it was how do we continue to keep morale up, make sure people are feeling good, feeling cared for by their managers, you know, managers who are in a new position themselves so it's how do we kind of help them and um, help their teams uh, and I think that was that was a big part of it just staying close to everyone I would say. Yes and I, I'll add on to that that another goal was to help everyone feel connected yeah. even though we were all you know separate and working from home so we spent a lot of time uh, at everything from having our CEO and senior leaders uh, communicate directly with employees to having what we called random coffees, which were just informal, everyone get on teams and have a chat and just kind of check in and see what's going on. Uh, Fitch Group is actually owned by the Hearst Corporation. And so Hearst has a lot of consumer brand magazines that we were able to tap into our Hearst colleagues and offer uh, novel programming, everything from, you know, the, the managing editor of Runner's World magazine to online cooking classes with Delish. So um, we we identified the things that we wanted to achieve and then look for very creative and engaging ways to deliver them. And, and I will just say, we were so proud to be recognized for that by the Simplies. Um, Mark found the opportunity um, and we kind of, we talked about it and we said, this is a really unique opportunity for us to 
see how our work stacks up against you know other companies yeah. because we did hear from our employees and we did hear from friends that what we were doing they weren't seeing it happen at other companies so we felt like we had something special and to be recognized for it really you know it made us really proud yeah that's great uh, just quick, a quick question on the region on the regional aspects so obviously you mentioned about apac region there uh, and i know that you you mentioned before the call started around you have a, a hub in singapore um what did you do to 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 uh, kind of get the um those immediate communications that are necessary out on a hyper local level did you have the technology in place to do this or did you have to work on workarounds for that Good question. I think it was still really traditional channels at that point. So still a, a media trying to get in front of everyone. So email, there was a lot of work sort of mentioned before with with HR. I think with the operations managers played a really key role, particularly in um, the regions and sort of outside of the key, like the core head offices in in uh, New York and London. Uh, so I think by doing it at that time, they, they were um, kind of, yeah, quite still heavily on on email and then actually probably the the in-office updates where people were still in, you know, before going to um, work remotely. And then I think HR also played a, a really big role in kind of keeping people informed. I think for that particular group, they were kind of the first to move to the remote working and, and for some of them, some of the last ones to come back. So there were often some more bespoke communications sort of depending on where they were in the in the region as well. And then earlier in the call, we mentioned, uh, well, you mentioned that you launched a like a mental health and well-being campaign. Can you talk to us about that, please? Yes, I think it was it was always there. I think we'd always had um, the the commitment, I think, from from senior leaders and really from a lot of stakeholders in the business to you know help our colleagues manage um, their own sort of mental health and their in their well-being as well. So a big part of it was having the tools in place. So we actually, um, it was definitely on our radar that we needed to just be a bit more coordinated, a bit more strategic with um, kind of how we approach that. So I think the start of the pandemic just just heightened the need for it. So um, we did form our Champions Network. So that was um, kind of led, led, led by us. And that was the work to kind of, we partnered with with HR, but essentially we sort of owned that that work with, with our um, wellbeing champions across all of our different regions. So that was trying to help um, sort of open up the, the things that are available to everyone group wide. They were kind of our advocates and they were able to kind of almost be an extension of our sort of comms channels at, at times. But then we also tasked them with local programming as well, because obviously they knew kind of culturally what was appropriate. Um, they often tapped into their um, EAP providers, um, health insurance providers, for example, to to do some um, like virtual events and stuff like that, and then we also use them as a as a feedback channel. So that was that was important as well. Uh, separately, as we that was quite near the start of the pandemic, I'd say more sort of further into the pandemic, and more recently, we also tra uh, training mental health first aiders across um, most regions. So we're now in we have them trained in EMEA, APAC, and North America. Uh, and they play, you know, a really key role, and that's almost, um, you know, much more of a sort of one-to-one -one resource. But we we say now that everyone in Fitch could, you know, is equipped to have a conversation with mental health first aiders. So that's um, something new that that's been emerging over the last couple of years. 
Oh, that's really great uh, to hear that, um, Mark. And you know, obviously, it's yeah, the, the fact you're training up these um, the, uh, these champions as well uh, as, uh, is is great. With, with regards to the, the champions networks, how are they communicating? Is this run centrally through the commons function, or do you leave them to do their bit? And where are they communicating? Are they using an enterprise social network? And because ob obviously, as you mentioned here, you have people in different locations. Um, so how are they? Yeah, how how, how is that being run? So they we. We have this kind of central coordination, so still um, we're, we're still the the kind of if you sort of see them as a channel, we can, I guess we kind of own that that channel. So we do still partner with all of our champions to you know make sure the you know every region has a consistent experience and the kind of um, all of the work around kind of how we talk about health and wellbeing is consistent. But we do you know we're happy for them to to kind of lead on regional program and they would just partner with our team just to make sure um, things are appropriate or that we can kind of help them make those in those moments as impactful as, as they can be but yeah actually quite a lot of what they're doing now is local programming and they can kind of choose what that looks like so there's different things so LATAM they do have people uh, coming in to talk about nutrition they sometimes have like yoga sessions in the office they also offer um like massages and stuff like that, as well as the more kind of heavier topics and in APAC it's much more around having um, some of our insurance providers come in to talk about different aspects of well-being so it might be stress management uh, some of those things as well but they they lead on what that programming would look like yeah oh, well, that sounds really impactful and um so now that the pandemic has passed what what has changed at Fitch Group um, and have you got any new initiatives you can talk to us about? So it was probably early in 2022 when we had a conversation with the business leaders about shifting our focus from a lot of the pandemic era approaches and getting people back to business, right? So um, we've doubled down on talking about company strategy and progress against our strategic initiatives and making sure every employee understands their role in our success. Um, during the pandemic, we also hired quite a few employees um, and about 40% of our company was hired during the pandemic. We had a, a hiring sprint, I would say. And so now we're taking a step back and looking at that experience of what is it like to join Fitch? Everything from, you know, once you sign your employment contract up until your first day, then what is your first day like? And then what are the first three months like? Because we heard from people who were brought into the company when we were all remote that it was a bit of an isolating experience. And while they were really learning about the part of the business that they joined, they weren't learning about the full breadth and power of the company and the value that each part of the company brings to the world. And they also weren't meeting colleagues outside of their work group. So uh, that whole new joiner experience is a big focus. And we're also just taking a look at how we work with the business units on their strategic communications and making sure that we're evolving as the business evolves. Thank you very much for that, Melissa. Yeah, as you say, like um, the, the employee experience starts from the moment your first interview happens, right? So yeah, that, getting, getting that onboarding experience can be, from some of the research we've been doing, you know, it can be, uh, it, it can shape your entire 
uh, yeah, experience of working at a company and, and is huge for retention and attrition. So, so yeah, great to hear that. Um, that we want a bit of help um, for well, help for our wider community here. So you know how to win a Simply's award. Only about 10, 10 groups in the in the world do. Um, so can you give a little bit of help to some of the submitters and tell them how you how to make a knockout um, uh, case for for winning a for winning one of our trophies? So one thing is just let the let the data tell the story. That would be my biggest takeaway. Like we included uh, a lot of stats on kind of the buy into our various initiatives, um, events, all all of that sort of stuff. And I guess kind of that that really helped to tell that story. I think it's kind of it was very very clear cut. And um, and it's a particularly it's quite a, um, it's not a very long word count. So I think you yeah just have to make sure every single word counts in in the submission we were we were very disciplined and we had someone in the team doing a peer review to kind of just make it as, as tight as possible but that yeah i think that would be the key element for sure yeah, yeah. i would agree Emph emphasize impact it's not yeah. so much what you do it's the it's the impact that it has on the people you do it for do you know what i think we might nick emphasize impact as a phrase for, for our for, for their one of them to download when when we're explaining the pack to them i used to think that's a great idea melissa and mark thank you ever so much for your time this morning um, melissa whenever you fly back to new york uh, we hope you have a safe journey but uh, in the meantime enjoy the english sunshine it comes from about two weeks a year so please yeah. make the most of it so thank you very much thank you so much and again we're so proud to have been recognized by the simplies thanks